Today on CityCast Salt Lake. Hey, it's Emily Means filling in for Ali Vallarta. She's at Crown Burger's underground lair in the West Desert learning their secret fry sauce recipe. Meanwhile, back in Salt Lake, I have a question for you. Have you ever voted here? If so, you can thank Sherry Swenson for making your life easier. Sherry's been the Salt Lake County clerk for more than 30 years. She oversees passport applications, marriage licenses, and, of course, elections. But this year, after eight terms in office, she decided not to run for re-election. So Sherry and I talked about how voting has changed over the years and what this job has meant to her. It's Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. I'm Emily Means, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. I was wondering if there were like any secrets in there that are 30 years old or something, <laughs> or, or like a bag of chips you forgot about in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> not, not that old. Okay. Thank goodness. Sherry Swenson, Salt Lake County Clerk, thank you so much for uh, inviting us to your office. You're very welcome. Happy for you to be here. Tell us about this space. This space is in the south building of the Salt Lake County Government Center. It's on the first floor. I have a lovely view of State Street with large windows. And outside the large windows here, I can see staff members working very hard and diligently. Um, And it's a, a wonderful place to be. We've got some nice photos of your grandchildren, maybe? Some of my grandchildren. I have eight, but this is only three of the most recent photos of them. And it looks like uh, you've got an enormous thank you card posted on the wall. Where is that from? That is from uh, the convention, the Democratic convention that the delegates signed, and they brought it in one day and hung it up on the wall. And it is so kind of them. And they signed it um, with thank you, Sherry. It's very, very sweet, very kind of them. And I haven't read it all. I haven't, haven't read, read all of them. Oh, gosh. We I got to get up that. on a chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of small handwriting here. But, like, the sentiment is there. It's very thank nice. you, Sherry. <laughs> and, you know, I, I actually, when the first story broke about me retiring in March mm-hmm. after I didn't file, a lot of people thought I was already gone. Right. Which I, you know, that's why I said, oh, I don't know. People think I'm already gone if you do a story about me leaving. But I received so many emails from people I had no idea who they were. They weren't necessarily people connected to the party and people I'd never known. And it was, it was really, yeah. it makes me, makes me teary. Makes teary. Because they were saying, I've trusted elections with you being there. And that just made me so happy. What did it feel like when you didn't file? I can imagine oh. you are in the office where people file for election, right? Yeah. So you would normally, you know, for the past uh, eight terms, right? Yes. Um, you would normally probably go out and sign the paperwork just Raise like any my other hand, candidate. Yo. Yes. So, you know, that very last day I hadn't decided until the very last thing that I wasn't going to run. And... Um, Lanny was saying, if you want to run, I want you to run, you know, and I said, oh, and we were kind of going back and forth. Lanny Chapman, she's your associate director, right? She's the chief deputy. Okay. She's been with me for over three years, three and a half years. Okay. And I was listening to the the little thought in my head of my son saying, mom, you can't sit at a computer 16, 18 hours a day. It's going to take you down. And um, I thought, 
okay, I really, I really kind of wanted to still. And she, and actually, Lanny was very supportive. And she's like, if you want to, if you really want to run, you know, I'll bring you lunch <laughs> every day. And oh, my she goodness. was so sweet. And I, and you know, and a lot of my staff were very supportive of me running again. But I thought, oh my word, I'm 74 years old. You know, it's sad that you have to deal with age, but there's a point where you can't help it. And I thought, I've only got so many years left. And so that very last day, down to the wire, um, we walked over together. And I had brought my campaign checkbook with me, still not really knowing. And um, I said, no, you go ahead and file. And she did. And she's running as the Democrat in this race. And then we went in together and she filed. And I walked out and I sat in the car and I thought, what have I done? Do you regret it? Some days. I mean, it was hard. You know, it, it was really kind of like, taken a piece of me off (laughs) because I've loved it so much and it's meant so much. I mean, all of the things that have been put in place and the changes and all the, you know, I don't want to see it unravel. And that's what I'm so afraid of, you know, that it could all go the other way. It means so much to just keep everything so convenient for people, the vote by mail, the drop boxes being so available, the vote centers set up and and making sure they're very widely distributed, the early voting locations, and, and it's all about the accessibility for everyone. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th, and this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court, and this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. How has voting in Salt Lake County changed since you've been in office? I think the most dramatic change was making access, making it accessible to people. Um, I first started putting voter registration forms on countertops in grocery stores and post offices and laundromats and uh, clubhouses of apartment complexes so that people would walk in and see a registration form and remind them they needed to register to vote. I think some of the most rewarding memories I have is just the enthusiasm when people can register to vote, be empowered to vote. Uh, One of the first things I did as county clerk is I went out and started registering high school students at lunchtime. And this is before the days of internet. Uh, It was much more difficult for people to register to vote at that point in time. I went out to all of the high schools because I realized that the high school 
uh, students and the 18 to 25 year olds were underrepresented in terms of the voter population. Uh -huh. And they were so excited and so enthused and they had lots of questions. Um, they would ask, how much does it cost? To uh, vote? <laughs> yes. Oh no, can you it, imagine? They, they honestly did not know. And they would ask me things like, well, if I register to vote and I don't vote, what will they do to me? I mean, so it was the most wonderful experience just going out and interacting with the high school students, registering them to vote and answering their questions. Um, also, I would go out to senior centers. I would go to all of the events like autoramas, boat shows. Um, I would stand on corners in store parking lots and register people to vote. And of course, then when the internet came along and we had the ability to have people register online and made it much easier. Well, Sherry, I feel like elections is really having a moment right now <laughs> in the political discourse, which is, uh, it feels a little bit silly to say because I feel like elections are inherently political. But you know, recently we've seen efforts by Republicans nationally and even here in Utah to kind of make it harder for people to vote in the name of election security. So just point blank, what what would you say to people who are concerned about this? You know, I think it's fine for people to ask questions. And I, I feel that it's important for them to feel confident in the outcome of elections. And we're very open to that. I think, however, when there's misinformation and bogus information accusing us of election fraud, I think that's just really unfortunate. It's baseless. There's no evidence of it. And it really threatens our democracy. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, I believe you when you say this. And it's it's not even just you. We've had, um, you know, Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson, her office oversees elections. She's a Republican. And she also says, you know, Utah is a shining example of election security uh, in, in this country. But a lot of people aren't buying it still. And that includes the Republican who's running to replace you. What are you most concerned about when you're thinking about the future of voting in Salt Lake County and in this state? I believe the, the huge majority of people trust the outcomes of the election. And I'll give you an example. Um, for those who sent me a letter and some cards saying they wanted a forensic audit of the 2020 November election, First of all, there's nothing in our state law that allows for that. That would have to be passed by the legislature and the process put in place. So we couldn't just go about conducting a forensic audit. But I received about 110 hmm. of those letters and postcards and maybe 20 emails asking for that. Now, put that in perspective, we had 549,000 ballots cast 498,000 were by mail ballots. So I don't feel like there's this huge group of people who didn't trust the outcome of that election. Mm -hmm. However, with that, there is a process. If an election is close, we have a process for a recount. We have a public audit of the election results, and we audit some of the voting machines and a certain number of the paper ballots, the vote-by-mail ballots, by hand-counting 
It has come out exactly right, and we don't know which machines are going to be the numbers given to us from the lieutenant governor's office that we're going to do that hand count for. We don't know which deck boxes we're going to be counting. We find out the day of the audit. We pull those boxes, and in front of public, we do a hand count of those, and people watch that happen, and it gives credibility to the efficiency and the security of our election. So instead of just saying, oh, there was something wrong with the election and throwing out this, this idea and distributing that to the public and causing them to not trust our election, they should go through the process and say, here's the evidence. Right. So it doesn't keep you up at night? No. I mean, we always want to do everything right. And I have answered hundreds of emails showing people how the methods that we have in place to secure our elections, how someone isn't injecting ballots into our system, how every ballot that we mail a voter has a unique ID number correlated to the voter registration record of that individual that is overseen by the lieutenant governor's office, that database, and how we verify the signature on the affidavit on the return envelope for every voter and we welcome them to come in and tour our ballot center, and we'll show them that process. And I really do everything possible, as well as my staff does, to try to instill that confidence. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of time and energy, but we still try <laughs> and put a lot of hours into it. Right. Probably like some paper cuts from counting <laughs> mail-in ballots, you know, blood, sweat, and tears kind of thing. Well, I mean, literally <laughs> sitting at a computer um, and during the November general election, I was answering emails from early in the morning until 12, 1, 2, 3, 14 a.m. Oh I would gosh. sign off. And the, my favorite story and I really liked this when I answered an email one night to a gentleman. It was 10.39 p.m. in my world at that point in time. It was pretty early. And he responded back and he said, is this a human? <laughs> and then he said, but it's too much information for it not to be a human. <laughs> and then I responded. I said, this is Sherry Swenson, your county clerk. Uh -huh. And he was so grateful. But, you know, when someone needs an answer, and it isn't just an eight to five job, when someone needs an answer, whether it's late at night or on a weekend, I feel like that's the kind of service I need to provide. What do you think you'll miss the most? I think the interaction with my staff, I mean, I dearly love my staff. They work so hard and they are, you know, the all of a sudden we'll spring, oh, we got to spring on them. We got to work overtime and who's up for that? And are you guys willing? And oh, they're always, always pitch in. They're just wonderful. Well, Sherry, you're not gone yet. Uh, you're going to see us through this November general election. But after that? It's basically smooth sailing, right? Uh, is it is it smooth sailing after that? Oh yes, okay, I mean good. I'm sure I'll. I'm afraid I'll be bored. <laughs> I've said this. Um, it's really kind of bittersweet to right. step away because I care so much about the election process, and I'm sure I'll stay involved and find important things to do. I'm sure you will. So once. All of the ballots are counted for the November general election, and you've clocked out for the last time. Where do you see yourself? Like, paint me a picture of where you'll be once you're done with this, with this job. <laughs> I'm not sure yet. Um, 
my grandchildren want me to take them to Sweden, where my, oh. my grandfather was from, and Norway, where my grandmother was from. But we'll see. That's one of the things I hope to do. You might see yourself on a tropical island instead, though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I will stay busy. I will stay involved. I, I won't step away completely. Okay. Well, Sherry Swenson, Salt Lake County Clerk, thank you so much for your public service and for taking the time to talk to us today. You're very welcome. Thank you. Okay, a little more news before we go. Maybe you're not on the internet, and so you haven't heard that Utah jazz player Donovan Mitchell has been traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Even though we knew this was probably coming, it still really stings. I have personally loved watching Donovan play, and I just think we've been so lucky to have him here as a member of this community. He's been a really outspoken advocate for racial justice, and at times, I don't think this state deserved him. I know I joined many jazz fans in saying, thank you, Donovan Mitchell, for taking a chance on us. That's all for us today on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Bye. Okay. Whoops. Let's turn that down a little bit. Check, check, check.